Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing here on Sunday, the 7th of June. Yes, we come to you live at 7 a.m. every single morning on New Zealand Sports Radio. It's your best way to start the day up to date with all the important sports news. And in the news today, we have the Belarusian League, um, Premier League's results from overnight. Parramatta uh, beats Manly in controversial um, finish. Names start to emerge as Raylan's Castle's um, full-time replacement. And also names start to emerge as to who might be our new domestic commentators for cricket, um, plus lots of other news. And let's get straight into it with the Belarusian League. Overnight, um, we had Slutz versus Torpedo battling out a one-all draw to the top of the table um, teams. But let's see Slutz drop down to sixth and Torpedo climb back up to second. Um, Eichlosch versus Rua Bresta also was a one-all draw. Slavia lost to Neyman Gordon at home 1-3. Poor result for, uh, for, for Slutz there. And Dynamo Brest with the big win overnight, 6-1 over Minsk. Minsk, you remember, have missed a couple of rounds due to coronavirus in their squad. Um, so perhaps they're a little bit rusty um, there. That sees Dynamo Brest climb up to fifth in the table. Bate, who were top of the table, um, still have to play this weekend. They'll be playing overnight against uh, visiting Verbesk. We also have Belashina via um, versus Dynamo Minsk and um, Shakator versus Enerjek, um overnight tonight. Moving on to cricket news uh, and Spark Sport um, are setting. Uh, obviously, is the new domestic uh, um, TV channel for cricket here in New Zealand, taking over um, from Sky, who have been broadcasting that for the past two, 20 years. Um, the cost, obviously, the big I know is when it's actually going to kick off uh, with cricket here in New Zealand, um, waiting for 
those overseas away from the borders to be um, away from border controls so we know if overseas teams can come and visit. Um, so yes, uh, but at the moment uh, they're looking at an October start with both the West Indies and Bangladesh um, apparently coming in for a 2020 series. Um, but we'll have to wait and see whether those um, fixtures will actually go ahead. But the headline news is that Brendan McCullum um, could be the lead commentator for um, Spark Sport. Um, first off, uh, Spark have got to get themselves a uh, deal with one of the production companies and then they'll be sorting out their uh, commentary teams. But McCullum um, looks like he is being... Um, uh, is, is going to be one of it. Obviously, Scotty Stevenson, who is part of the Sky, uh, Spark um, stable, will be uh, a part of that commentary team uh, as, um, as as well. And it'll be interesting to see who else will be in there. Um, our experience from the Rugby World Cup is that it will not be a similar uh, one to Sky. Uh, they'll be very. They'll be have different commentary teams. At least Sky having the overseas um, cricket for now. Moving on to birthdays, uh, and uh, Stephen's going to bring us up to date with um, who, who, who's going to be eating cakes today. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, and uh, good morning to everybody on uh, what is a Sunday morning. So if you've managed to get up and uh, tune in, I'm going to give you today's birthdays. In uh, birthdays today, the heir apparent to the greatest ever New Zealand fast bowler, a Kiwi standoff legend, and finally, a North Harbour number nine who represented the All Blacks. And that's where we start. Anthony Strawn, born this day, the 7th of June, 1966, is a former New Zealand rugby union player. A halfback, Strawn represented Otago, North Harbour and Auckland at provincial level and was a member of the New Zealand national side, the All Blacks, between 92 and 95. He played 17 tests for the All Blacks, including 11 internationals. Strawn plays, celebrates his 54th birthday today. Fred Akoi, born this day, the 7th of June, 1956, is a someone born New Zealand former professional rugby league player. Akoi moved to Sydney in 1981 to play professionally for the North Sydney Bears, then to England to play at Hull FC from 83 to 87. Akoi, who celebrates his 64th birthday today, made his international debut for New Zealand Māori in 1975 at the age of 18. He toured Australia with the side and participated in the 1975 Pacific Cup and faced Australia, Australia, Wales, England, France, and that was in New Zealand. The same year, he made the, the national Kiwi touring team to England and France during the World Cup series. He was vice-captain in 79, 80, 81, and 83, and captain the New Zealand team in 79, becoming the New Zealand's youngest ever captain at just 22, leading the 18-11 third test victory over the British tourists after they'd lost the first two tests under Graham West. Then again in 1984, when he led New Zealand to their first 3 0 victory over Great Britain touring team, also meaning that New, Ze New Zealand had never lost a game under Arcoy's leadership. In 1983, he was a member of the New Zealand team that beat the Australians for the first time since 1971 at Lang Park in Brisbane, Australia. He represented New Zealand Kiwi Rugby League team from the 1975 to 85, achieving 28 appearances in the Kiwis jersey. Move on to a very, very good cricketer. Shane de Bon, born this day, the 7th of June 1975, is a New Zealand cricket coach and former cricketer. 
present present bowling coach of Mumbai Indians, described as New Zealand's best fast bowler since Sir Richard Headley. He represented New Zealand in Test, ODI, and 2020 international cricket and played for Canterbury in the New Zealand Domestic Cricket League. Warwickshire in English domestic cricket, a right-arm fast bowler. His fastest ever delivery was clocked at 156.4 kilometres against India in the 2003 World Cup. Bond celebrates his 45th birthday today and had a career unfortunately plagued with injuries, chiefly recurring stress fractures of the back. He had surgery in 2004 to try and prevent further injury, but it was only partially successful. In later years, he suffered back problems, knee injuries, and an abdominal tear. These problems in conjunction with a late start to his fully professional cricket career limited his appearances in both international and domestic cricket since his debut in the 2001-2002 season. He only managed to appear in 18 test matches for New Zealand before he retired from test cricket in December 2009 at the age of 34. And that's our birthdays for this morning. I'll be back with a, a bumper edition of Rugby League. A lot to talk about. Thank you, Stephen. Shane Bond also was... Uh, also. Um... He went with the other um, 2020 uh, league when the IPL was kicking off. Um, there were two competitive ones to see which one would be the big one, and the IPL won out over that, and he got himself on the wrong side of that uh, of that equation as well, which I think also reduced some of some of the appearances Shane Bond um, made uh, as, as as well. Moving on to rugby news, uh, and the names to replace Raining Castle. Uh, have uh, started to appear. Phil Kearns and David Gallup are the two at the top of the list. Two people who were decided who, who, who applied last time um, this job came up, and two people who were decided who weren't as good as Railing Castle uh, and therefore missed out on the job. So they're back again. It looks like uh, having another crack. Other candidates look like the NRL Chief Operating Officer Nick Weeks. Um, Adelaide Crows boss and former Rugby Australia senior executive um, Andrew Fagan, uh, Sanzar chief Andy Marinos, uh, and um, former Sydney Rugby Union president David Begg. Um, Tony Dempsey also um, apparently uh, who found the head of the Rugby Union Players Association would be interested. Um, and uh, apparently his successor Greg Harris, who ran the Waratahs, is another person who might be uh, interested as well. So a very long list of people um, at the moment. I think basically the press are guessing as to who might be involved. One person we know who won't be there probably uh, is Matt Carroll, who was uh, the Australian um, Olympic Committee boss, who a month ago was nailed on for the role, um, but he's now a firm no for that one. Another one that apparently is unlikely is Todd Greenberg, uh, the former NRL uh, chief um, as well. Apparently, he is not interested in uh, in the role. So, um, But uh, Rugby Australia have uh, hired themselves a search firm um, who are looking for that, uh, and we'll see how that pans out over the coming weeks. I'm going to hand you back now to Stephen, who, as he says, has got a bumper NRL update for us. A whole lot of a whole lot happening on the field and, of course, as in rugby league, off the field as well. A Mitchell Moses a field goal with seven minutes to play 
helped seal a perfect start for the Parramatta Eels, who have opened the NRL season with a four straight wins. The Parramatta Eels beat Manly Seagulls 1916 in a dramatic match after opening out to a 12-2 lead in the first half. There will be plenty said about a non-manly try close to full-time. We'll talk about that a little bit more. When Ruben Garrick sprinted across with a minute to go, it appeared Manly had pulled off a stunning victory, but he was pulled back for a forward pass from fullback Tom Trojevic. I thought I flipped it back. I didn't see too much of it, Trojevic said after the match. Um, but that's the way it goes. A Moses field goal stretched the Eels' lead out to 19-12, just when it seemed Manly were getting the best of the arm wrestle. When George Tofor scored his second try in the corner, soon after it was all on. The other try was scored by Dylan Walker at the 52nd mark. 52-minute mark, beg your pardon. Parramatta Eels scored tries through Michael Jennings in the 30th minute, Dylan Brown in the 39th, and Kane Evans one minute later. Mitchell Moses offered uh, his take on the crucial decision at the end. It was a forward pass. I'm happy the ref got it right. Of course he'd say that. He played for the winning team. The pass appeared to be fair coming out of the back of the hands and drifting forward. With only one referee for the restarted season, there were already fears that errors would be made. Parramatta had to not get too far ahead of itself though. He was going to uh, take a field goal when he had a chance, which came off a fast play the ball, Moses said. Just to recap those point scorers again, Jennings, Brown and Evans with three tries. Moses adding three goals and the drop kick for Manly Seagulls. Garrick and Tofor, who scored a brace of tries. Garrick also kicked two goals, but missed two conversions at the end of the day, which you know may have proved that costly, but I guess we'll uh, never know. Just listen further to uh, that game. Uh, NRL head of football, Graham Annesley, had, has admitted the forward pass call that cost Manly a match-winning try against Parramatta was incorrectly ruled, but he says a second pocket referee would not have impacted on the decision. The Sea Eagles were denied a thrilling come-from-the-end win over the Eels, obviously, uh, last night when we spoke about the, that pass. Well, I think that might be just the... Uh, just the price they actually paid for all the all the cutbacks in the uh, NRL this year, dropping that second referee. And the other game played last night, the Cronulla Sharks beat the North Queensland Cowboys in uh, Townsville 26-16 after leading uh, 12-6 at halftime. Respective uh, wingers uh, felt for the Cowboys and uh, Muli Talo for uh, the, uh, the winners also touched down. Uh, twice. So there you go. A couple of teams are in good forms. And once again, the uh, NRLs, just finally NRLs six again rule, entered the game next most with people loving the new development. But while players and coach or coaches have uh, bristled at the uh, new rule, many are starting to uh, brush it off at this stage after fans uh, feared the speed and the continuity of the game. Even AFL commentators, greats, were blown away by it. But we're seeing lopsided matches to start round four, which may, which basically given the fans that uh, glimpse of fear what the uh, true nature of these rules are. Record 59 result for the uh, Roosters against the Broncos, followed by a 26-0 win for the Panthers over the Warriors have delivered some uh, lopsided results. Roosters coach Trent Robinson has warned that it may become the norm, which is... Uh, 
you know what which is what a league doesn't really need at this stage now if you just bear with me i'm just going to check in on who we've got coming up today we've got the knights and the raiders from 605 p.m this evening and the last game of the round is the titans versus the west tigers and that's from 8 30 p.m this morning i can remember paul rugby tampering with the rules many years back where they had quick tap penalties it it actually speeded the game up but at times we were wondering what what we were actually watching it sort of took away the uh, the nuances of 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 the game and it's all about uh shall i say uh, you know having to be able to compete for the ball is what we saw in rugby it was a, definitely a fast moving spectacle but then you, you sort of found yourself scratching your head and i, I sense league having similar issues yeah it's going to be interesting to hear from the boys on wednesday evening at 8 p.m uh on our the the oh the uh, the league hour our league show about this because both of them were pro having one referee um last week so we'll be see if, the, if if this week's change has happened has, has been part of that also these scores blowing out some people have suggested that actually um that the having no fans or no crowd has impacted the losing side more than the winning side do they do the do 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 the teams from behind use that crowd atmosphere to give them the lift to get themselves back in the game? Um, is it because there is an atmosphere that once you're down, you keep going down, um, or is it, or is it down to the, the rule change? Um, it. It'll be interesting to find. That's great, Paul. I was, Paul, I was going to say that that is actually a great, great point. Sometimes with the, uh, <clears throat> sometimes with the crowd support, it, it can keep you in the game. All the all the encouragement coming from the. The sideline. I know the, the crowd doesn't play the game, but uh, it'll it'll be very very interesting to see uh, uh, Brad and Sanjay their take when they uh, rock up on the uh, league show this Wednesday at eight pm. Absolutely. Now moving in to other um, sports news uh, and over in the NFL, uh, the commissioner has come out uh, and responded to a player's um, video asking for the asking for the nfl to make um comments um, about the current situation over there with black lives matter and to quote um, richard goodell he said we the nfl league condemn racism and the systemic oppression of black people we the nfl we the national football league admit we were wrong for not listening to nfl players earlier and encouraging all to speak out and um, peacefully protest we the National Football League believe black um, lives matter. Now, we'll see, um, Colin um, Kaepernick was uh, um, someone who took a knee a few years back during the anthem to protest about uh, police brutality, uh, and uh, he basically uh, has, has not been part of the league since. Um, so clearly, the that middle comment there about wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier was a reference to that and it'll be interesting to see if Colin Kaepernick can come will come back in to the league um he also made comments that he would be protesting with the players um so it'll be interesting to see if Goodall comes out and actually um takes a knee at some point that would be a very very big um uh, message uh, to um to people he said i personally protest with you and wants to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Um, so, uh, yes, we'll see how the NFL, when it comes back, 
reacts to this and whether uh, apparently he did not talk to all the owners. So we'll see if individual owners have a different response to the NFL because there is still a rule in place uh, that um, bans players from taking a knee during national anthem. If they don't want to stand, they have to be in the dressing room. It's just not; in, it has not been enforced um, uh, by agreement with the players' association. Drew Brees, the star quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, um, also uh, has been in the news. He um, initially came out with a comment saying that uh, he did not uh, did not agree with anyone disrespecting the flag or the national anthem. Uh, he has come out now and apologised for those comments um, and said um, that uh, yeah, that this is not a thing about um, the um, the flag. So I'll read quote him out here. Um, through my ongoing conversations with friends, teammates and leaders in the black community, I realised this is not an issue about the American flag. It never, uh, it has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. We did this back in 2017 and regretfully I brought it back with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systematic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality and judicial and prison reform. We are at a crucial um, juncture in our nation's history. If not now, then when? Um, you've got to say, with this change in mood by the NFL, you've got to wonder, uh, they often talk about sports mirroring society. Uh, maybe it's, that is what we're seeing there. Moving on to tennis. Um, and uh, after we heard Rafa Nadal saying that he is not prepared to travel to New York yet um, for the US Open, Novak Djokovic, the world number one, um, has called the measures that would be required for the US Open to happen to be um, extreme. Um, he said uh, we would um, we would not have access to Manhattan. We would um, have to sleep in hotels at the airport. Be tested tested twice or three times per week. Also, we could bring one person to the club, which is really impossible. Um, I mean, you need your coach, your um, then a fitness trainer, then a physiotherapist. Um, so he's saying he would need at least three people. Now, uh, the top players would have multiple people. So the lower down players would have less support as they can afford less support. But um, clearly the top players um, say that's what they need. Um, with him uh, talking out, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this impacts um, the tournament because if the top players aren't going to turn up, then there's no point really running the tournament um, at the moment. You've got to say the being in your hotel and not being able to go to Manhattan to your favourite restaurant is... Um, uh, is perhaps a sacrifice you should make. I mean, look at what the Warriors are doing over in Australia. But um, the uh, uh, but talking about that, um, you, but uh, the number of people going to the tour, to the ground to the uh, tournament is perhaps the bigger one that they need to look at. And yes, Stephen, um, you uh, have something you'd like to say. Yeah, just a, a couple of little quick things. And once again, Hugh, who's watching the show, sharp as a tech at 5.15 in the morning because uh, tonight's final uh, NRL game isn't the final game. We've got another game uh, tomorrow night between the Bulldogs and the Dragons, which is actually going to be the last game of the round. And that game's going to be played at Bankwest Stadium in Sydney. Kickoff is... Uh, 
five past six p.m. New Zealand time. So look out for that game tomorrow night. Now, also uh, last night I uh, copied a tweet which was uh, uh, posted out uh, by the uh, NRL journalist, um, a Fox Sports journalist, and it was at the Sharks. Reporting that Sharks uh, Matt Moylan and Sean Johnson had initially uh, failed uh, temperature checks, and and basically it was is this the first indication of the absolute chaos that could beset the uh, NRL uh, this season? Um, I guess it's something we're going to be watching with uh, real interest, Paul, because um, it is going to be something out of uh, Keystone Cops if it actually uh, does does happen, given. Uh, the lockdown rules probably not quite as stringent as at New Zealand at this time. Uh, yeah, clearly, that uh, they, they haven't had the zero days that we've that we've managed to achieve over here. So they're clearly that coronavirus ceilings is definitely going around in Australia. Uh, I did also see some people uh, comment that about the way the temperature checks were being used and perhaps they weren't being used properly. Um, they're using in-ear temperature thermometers um, and ha- perhaps hadn't lined them up properly. Um, so also, um, yeah, some question marks there on Twitter. Um, but you, it's it's difficult to tell from just a one-off photo, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. The other, uh, this, I mean, we're running lo- long today. So we'll very quickly run through the last few items. It looks like tennis, uh, sorry, no, sorry, tennis. It looks like golf might be able to have um, a crowd open up to fans for the Memorial Tournament. Um, the PGA have already said their first four tournaments will not have fans. Uh, we'll go into that more tomorrow if we have time. Um, also, the return of the um, Indy Car Series and obviously Scott Dixon, um, the uh, our, our local lad there, uh, is is is, is um, excited for that. Again, we'll cover that in more detail tomorrow if we have time. Congratulations to Nathan Aspilini who won the PDC Home Tour title. That's in the darts. Um, and he used, uh, got himself a dinner plate and wrote on it and made turned the dinner plate into a trophy. Because obviously, as they're all being in isolation, they can't get a proper trophy to him. So uh, congratulations to him. As he says, people were skeptical at first at playing darts at home via this, um, but um, they have actually loved it. But he does hope that he is the one and only winner of this and they don't have to do this um, again. Um, finally, uh, snooker um, is happening, and Ronnie O'Sullivan has come out about how str- how he struggled in uh, the bubble um, of the of that. Again, being isolated or be- being restricted to just your room, not being a hotel room, not being able to go for a walk, um, not being able to have any other food apart from what's on the uh, in-room service, uh, and uh, yeah, basically having to be in the same place for the entire tournament. He found to be um, very difficult, uh, but um, amusingly enough, on social media, the biggest talk was about his moustache, um, not about his playing. So, um, a lovely moustache he's grown during isolation. You have now started the day the best way up to speed with all the important sports news. Don't forget, you can also listen to us on the go via our podcast, such as New Zealand Sports Radio, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, all of all your favourite podcatcher. Um, that's how I listen to us uh, in the car as I'm driving around. You can do the exact same thing, or you can listen to us as you're pottering around in the garden or doing the housework, whatever. 
um, your favourite way it is. Thank you very much, Stephen, for joining us. And don't forget, we'll be back at 7am tomorrow morning, bringing you the morning sports briefing. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and protecting Potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.